Cyber Hooligan. Uh, for the next hour or so, I'd like to invite you to grab your cup of coffee, tea, or caffeine-free A&W Diet Root Beer, if that's your beverage of choice, and settle in for the fourth episode of The Return of Fiber Hooligan. For those of you who are wondering who the heck I am, I am your host, Benjamin Levesay. I am also the CEO of XRX, home of XRX Books and Stitches Expos. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm broadcasting live from my home in Harrisburg, South Dakota. If you are tuning in for the first time, Fiber Hooligan is a podcast dedicated to bringing you interviews with the best of the fiber arts and makers world, including experts, business people, and designers in the crafts of knitting, crochet, spinning, dyeing, weaving, sewing, quilting, embroidery, as well as anything else that I think is interesting. I want to welcome new listeners today. Thank you for tuning in and trying out the show. I hope you enjoy it, and I can't wait for us to get to know each other better. And of course, I'd like to welcome back our Fiber Hooligan listeners who used to tune into the original show four or five years ago. Your ongoing support means so very much to me. Okay, my guests today are Shannon and Jason Mullet Bowlesby, the dynamic DIY duo known as the Sheba Guys, and the inspired creators of Sheba Guys Design Studios. Jason's pronouns are he and him. Shannon's pronouns are he and him, as well as they, them, and they. Their award-winning crochet, knit, and sewing designs have been featured in and on the covers of dozens of domestic and international publications. Together, the Shiba Guys team has over 300 published patterns and 11 books credited to their name since their first design was featured on a magazine cover back in 2010. Currently, they are finishing work on a new book with C&T Publishing scheduled for release in December of 2020. In addition to their design work, the Shiba Guys are sought-after freelance book packaging designers, having crafted books and photography for major publishing companies like Sterling Publishing, Leisure Arts, and Creative Publishing. The Shiba Guys have been teaching adults for 30-plus years. Their enthusiasm, quirky sense of humor, and relatable teaching style have made them sought-after teachers both local at both local and national venues like Stitches Events, Sew Expo, and Houston Quilt Market. In addition to their live classes, the Shiba Guys also have a wide range of online classes available from Blueprint and Interweave. Shannon and Jason are proud ambassadors of Aurafil, Clover, Bernina, Horn of America, the, the Daylight Company, and are also members of the Justice League. Yes, they have the capes to prove it. Shannon and Jason live in Seattle, Washington, with their three Shiba Inu, who more or less support their ventures in sewing, stitching, and crafting, so long as enough time is taken for walks and treats. Full disclosure, uh, the Shiba guys uh, uh, are not only very creative people, they're also two of my very good friends, so there is always a chance that this show could get away from us. They join us today from their home in Seattle, Washington. Good morning, Shannon and Jason, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. We're here. There they are. We're awake. We're, we're awake. We're, we're awake. awake. We're awake. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for How having much coffee on the show. And congratulations on the show coming back. And congratulations oh. on getting through that bio. I know. That's, that's really the shortened that bio. It just kind of goes so, on and on there, doesn't it? It's, you know, it's, uh, it's fine. I'm going to add some stuff to it, I think, in the future. <laughs> no, I think I think that'd be great. You just trip over the justice. Part. Yeah, yeah, you just slip that right on in there. Yep. Well, you know, we'll see if uh, maybe that'll be a uh, um, something that uh, I do a quiz on one of these days. Right. So you know, and it'll probably be like color of the capes, you know, or something like that. They'll have to do some deep research or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that probably would be hard to find. <laughs> Pink and so I, I always, uh, I always, I always love calling, uh, calling people on the West Coast to do these interviews because my time is eleven o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm awake by now. Uh, their time is nine right. o'clock, which you know they've had. They're only into their second cup of coffee at this point, you know. And so uh, this, this will get you know a lot more interesting. I'm sure they. I'm if I know Shannon, he's got a cup of coffee in front of him right now. I do. <laughs> you don't wait. No, I don't. You don't know me. I do. I know you. For it. <laughs> Punchy. <laughs> I've had, I've had three. Okay, I've had like okay, I think I've had like a yeah. cup and a half of coffee. I've had a cup and a half, yeah. I've lost track. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Well, again, it's really it's really great to talk to you two uh, again. So let's uh, let's start this out with the really um, uh, open-ended question that everybody goes, oh God, who are you and where did you come from? Where did we come from? It's well, silent. <laughs> when, when, when a mommy and daddy love each other very much, they consent. They consent. Yes, they, they, they consent um, to go to an egg donor. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Is that too far back? That's, 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 that's too far yes. in general. I, well, I was afraid that Jason was going to go. You know, uh, and then the earth cooled, and um, you know that. Kind <laughs> of thing. So there was a big bang. Earth cooled. Um, what are you implying that I'm that old? I'm not implying anything. Yeah, I'm as, I'm as old as rocks. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's start one at a time. Uh, let's uh, let's let's start with uh, you, Jason. Why don't you give give me your background and your story? Oh, well, let's see. Um, I'm from a small town in the middle of Wyoming, basically the middle of nowhere. Um, like my, everybody in that town mm-hmm. hates you. <laughs> All five of them? All five of them. Yeah, no. No. Um, no, I, my, my mother was an actress and a costumer, um, so I grew up with, uh, with uh, sewing machines and sergers and Mom was was a knitter, um, not much of a, of a crocheter. She enjoyed knitting much better. Um, so you know, the, the, those were all the, the sorts of things that just you know we did in the house. And I, I was uh, must have been six or seven when Mom sat my brother and I down and told us that by the time we left her house, we would both know how to cook, clean, and sew because we were going to be bachelors and women might not want to actually actually take care of us. Or men. Well, no, she said women, but I don't <laughs> think she quite knew everything at that point. <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So I, I I grew up with all of that. Um, I got my uh, my uh, I got a associate of arts from a small uh, college in Riverton, Wyoming, and then I moved out here to Seattle, where I attended Cornish College of the Arts. Um, I was a, I am a trained actor. He's not an actor. He's an actor. I'm an actor. Actor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, where I, I studied musical theater, and then you know, as one does, I I now uh, practice as one uh, does, you know, as one does graphic design and photography because you know <laughs> nothing, that nothing related yeah. to acting at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, what we do is performance. It is well, yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. We, we we are definitely performance based people. You practice your Mid Atlantic accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
the actors were like going, oh, God, practicing okay. their Midlantic accent. Liquid use, folks. Liquid no, use. No, 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 no. Lute. Lute. Anyway. Anyway. As, as one so does. Shannon, where, um, where, where did you come from? Or are you running the interview now? <laughs> you might want Benjamin to do, to do his part. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. You go ahead. <laughs> I'll just sit here. Just sip your coffee. We're just going to go ahead. Yeah, you yeah, can, uh, I don't know. You can take the next hour off, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, do you really want me to talk? Oh. You, you next. I, I, I probably will anyway. Um, I'm from a cattle farm in coal mining country in Ohio. And that right there, anybody who's ever seen me in person, that just, <laughs> that just broke their brains. Um, that's always fun to tell classes mm-hmm. um, when I'm wearing heels and a sparkly dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I went to um, – I grew up in a very conservative fundamentalist household and went to very conservative fundamentalist colleges. Um, four of them in four years. <laughs> and uh, and then I ended up, uh, I've been a dancer my whole life. And so I ended up going back into dancing right out of college and did that for 20 years. 20 plus years. Teaching yeah. and performing. And uh, I've always made things because my family did. And you grow up on a farm, you learn to make your own clothes and mend things and crocheting, knitting, sewing, quilting. Make dolls out of corn husks and stuff, you know. We didn't use corn husks. Okay. <laughs> Might have been like one time. We were talking the other day about caning chairs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That I, I had I had with my, my great aunt Gladys, I had caned a chair before. Um, and we'll never want to do it again. But um, all that stuff. And then um, ended up, and now I'm sitting here talking to you on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's well, exactly the way it happened. Mother, yeah, that's, yeah. You, you skipped some stuff in the middle there, um, you know. Uh, so so let let me try to take you back. Um, the good news is I know their story, <laughs> so <laughs> I can interject what some we... timeline and, and some into this here. Okay, so yes, I we you know just a small town boy, you know. Yeah, right. And I'll stop, I won't sing. I won't. I won't sing. I won't sing this time. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, so at, at some point, the two of you met. Yes, that wasn't a question. Before. That was yes. a statement. Oh, that was a statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, we met. I was confirming that yes, we have met before. Twenty-seven, twenty-six, twenty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-six years ago. Twenty-six this August. Yes, yes, in August. And and between the time that you met and you moved in together was I, you know, a long period of time, as I recall. It was a very very long period of time. We met on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And moved in that Friday. Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. long period of time. Five days. Five days. Yeah, four yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. There was you know, uh, four and a half days. You know, not not bad, all things considered. Right. Yeah, folks. I don't. I don't recommend this. But if I you don't know, know us, you know that that's that's a long period of time. <laughs> I mean, that's surprising if you know us at all. So can you say no, impulse can... control? No. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think I just think that in that amount of time, you know. It's the availability of the, the distractions between that time, you know, squirrel. Uh, that's a lot of squirrels, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, I understand. Yeah, it was quick. Yeah, it was quick. It was quick. 
quick, and you know, the first few years were were certainly we dated while we lived together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I I, it was, I oh, don't rough. It. There were rough spots because we dated while we lived together. Right, right. right. Which is why I said it was. And then we left and moved, and we we, we moved a few times, and then and they came back, and then, and then we, we moved, moved again, again, and then we came, came back, back again, and then we moved. Then we moved and didn't come back, and moved again, and moved again, and, and then, then came back. Came back. Hello, yes. Along the way, along the way, you know, this is at some point earlier, and we'll get to we'll get to Hawaii in a little bit. At some point earlier, you guys decided to go back to school. Yes, twice, twice, mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> once with me, and once because yeah, both of us. Once both of us. Mm-hmm. And um, when you both went back to no, school, I, I what did you want? What did you, were you going back to school for? Um, I, uh, was, I, I was double majoring in geology and biology, which was, uh, I was going for a paleontology degree. Dinosaurs, folks. He was studying dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, rawr. <clears throat> and, and Jason. Uh, and um, I was studying uh, zoology right. and um, with a, uh, a side of anthropology on the side there. Yeah, so, yeah. side of, <laughs> as one does. As one does, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Archaeology. You know, just throws anthropology on the side just yeah. for the fun of it. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, I was going back for a pre-vet degree. Yeah, pre-vet. Um, we, we moved back to Wyoming. For that. For that, um, because I graduated from a Wyoming high school. I considered to be a Wyoming resident at the, the University of Wyoming, so it was really easy for me to get in really cheaply. And Shannon was studying dinosaurs. We had to look for some place that I could get my degree mm-hmm. and work with an active paleontology paleontology department, right? Mm-hmm. And that Jason could get a good pre-vet, right? Um, in so that he could vet school, and it was looking for those criteria for both of those things. It was between that and University of Kansas, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, and we picked Wyoming one because of his status as a Wyoming resident, two because it was really close to his parents. Yeah, my my parents were about three hours away. Which and uh, in in Wyoming, in Wyoming, right that's, that's right next door. It's right. Next door. <laughs> yeah. It's a quick jaunt, it's a quick day, day mm-hmm. jaunt. And uh, so we moved there just because they they were not in such great health at the time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And yeah. we wanted to be closer to them while they were recovering from that sort of thing. And you know, so we moved, of course. To Laramie, Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, one year after uh, Matthew Shepard was murdered. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the University of Wyoming, and we got involved with the the gay and lesbian, the LGBTQIA group there on mm-hmm. campus, yep. multicultural mm-hmm. student council, and running. You ran the Rainbow Room. The, the Rainbow Resource Room. Rainbow yeah. Resource Center. Mm-hmm. That's what yes, it was, called, it was right? part of the uh, the Office of um, Multicultural Students. Multicultural Student Affairs. Mm-hmm. With Dolores Cardona. Yes. We loved Dolores Cardona, and uh, she ran that department, and uh, Jason ran that resource room, and uh, yeah, so we kicked up some, we kicked some stuff up out in Wyoming. We were known, let's put it that way. We, uh, we, no, we, we got, started the first ever AIDS walk mm-hmm, Yes. Uh, on campus in the state of Wyoming, and we got uh, the dean of Greek life mm-hmm. uh, involved Matt. in that, Matt, and uh <laughs> And uh, we got we got him involved, and so the uh, the Greek societies were both involved in that, right? Mm-hmm. And getting that going, and uh, it was great. It was, oh, it was wonderful. It yeah. snowed, and it was colder than 
mm-hmm. than cold. And yeah, we were told by the the, the administration it was okay to have the, the walk as long as there, there were no drag queens involved. Yeah, they didn't want anything. The, no fringes, no, no mm-hmm. fringe members of the community there. So we brought a, uh, a seven foot tall uh, drag queen up on the stage. In, in a tiara, in a in a in a crown, full well, on yeah. pageant crown. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, it was pageant crown, like two three feet mm-hmm. tall, and, and then I think uh, it was a, a white full fox. length, full length white fur coat. Yes, it was as just it snowed all around her, and she's live sang "Arms um, of the Angels." Arms of the Angels. <laughs> we don't do things small. We 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 definitely yeah we. Uh, so that was. We push the envelope just as far as we possibly can, and then maybe tear it just a touch, right? <laughs> right, right, right just a bit more in. Yeah. So that was that was Wyoming, and mm-hmm. then uh, that got to be a lot because we were we were both carrying double majors, mm-hmm. and then I started. I was asked to start studying for the Rhodes Scholar um, program program, mm-hmm. and put all that extra study time in. Plus, I was working in the paleontology department at the museum right. as an assistant there. And Jason was running the resource center mm-hmm. and double majoring and on the whatever, well, it was whatever the council was called that they all mm-hmm. studied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that got to be a lot and it got to be a lot more than what we <clears throat> intended to take on. Right. Right. And uh, so we wrapped things up there and left and went to Denver for a very uneventful year. Yeah, we we lived in Denver for, for a short year and then uh, – um, Shannon had just been let go of a, a job in Denver, and like two days later, he, he got a call from his old boss from here in Seattle, who had just purchased a studio a, in a dance studio, a dance studio in, in Hawaii. In Hawaii, and wanted to know if we wanted to. I was kind of a troubleshooter for these sorts of things, and they wanted. He was to a do, troublemaker, but you know, troubleshooter. And they wanted to go down and look at the studio, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there was the possibility and manage the studio for a while, and right. so basically sort things out, and then we had the option to buy. Right. And uh, so, you know, why not? There, there was a caveat on the thing, on the uh, contract, that if we decided not to purchase the studio, they would move us to Seattle. Um, after year, one year. After one year. Which is where we wanted to be back anyway. anyway so, so we figured, like, why not? It was Hawaii. So we lived, we lived in Waikiki. We lived right on, right on Waikiki Beach for a year. Yep, one block, one block one off block the statue off. of Duke mm-hmm. yeah. on Waikiki Beach. So uh, we lived there, and... Uh, and then quickly ran away as soon as we possibly could. Um, <laughs> it's a great place to visit, but you do not want to live there. It's like Las Vegas on the beach. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what Waikiki's like. It's yeah. like it's like living in Las Vegas only. But you can't drive out of this the city. You can't leave. Yeah. You 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 start driving and just end up back where you back started. Where you were like uh, half half a day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's it. So yeah. So we got back to Seattle, and that's when uh, we bought a house. And, and now we're here talking to you on the podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... Again, there's there's some things we we we've, we've left out here. Um, let, so let's back this up <laughs> a little bit. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, it, it's Hawaii <laughs> bought the house. Uh, Hawaii house me. Yeah, right. Yeah, those three big life events that happened. Yes. Uh, well, okay. Let, let's 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 move back. So at some point, at some point, the the earth cool, yes. At some point, you found yourself crafting, and I think it was crochet. And 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 we have to. I think it was. We have to thank Jason's mom for for the enthusiasm yep. behind that, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. This is all mom's fault. So. This is. If there's anyone to blame, it's it it, it is. 
and, is cable species. And, and, she she pa- and she passed away a few years ago, so you can't confirm with her. She can't <laughs> deny it. So <laughs> this is her fault. Blame her. Um, no, I. they were out for a visit one summer, and uh, I had quit. I had a heart episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had I had I used to have really bad. Mumbled, too hard one I used to have really bad anxiety attacks, and uh, one of the reasons we left Hawaii. Um, I used to have really bad anxiety attacks that would, and panic attacks, mm-hmm. and uh, that would lock me down. And this was this was a bad one. We were at the the uh, Northwest Flower, Flower and Garden, Garden Show, Show. Uh, down at the convention center. Yeah. And the next day we had a big uh, competition. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we were watching a friend up on stage. She was talking about potted plants or something like that. How to, mm-hmm. I don't even remember. And I started having one of these anxiety attacks, and it full on went into chest pains, and I felt weak and cold and terrified. I basically had to kind of drag, drag him out, throw him in the car, and then immediately drove up the hill. To yeah, the, I just uh, whispered to Jason, I was just like, you've got to get me to the hospital right now. I'm having a heart attack. And uh, I got to the hospital, and six hours late, five, six hours later, mm-hmm. they, they after telling me three or four times, sir, you need to calm down because we believe you're having a heart attack. Never tell someone who's having a heart having attack. Having a heart attack if they're having a heart down. attack. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, went to them after a couple of weeks of recuperating, um, and told them that I needed to cut back to part-time because it was too stressful and I wanted to be home with my, my husband. And, uh, and this was 20 plus years after working for the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they said that, uh, there wasn't room to do that. And so I, I left, I quit that day, that day. And, uh, I told Jason, uh, I called Jason and told him that I quit my job. <laughs> we had just bought the house at that point, too, by the way. That, so that was like Jason, a couple months later. That's when Jason had a heart attack. So that's when I had a heart attack. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, uh, yeah. it was you know, we, we tend to move fast on things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that was in the end of February. That was in the end of February. Yeah. And then his parents were out that summer. Right. That's the mm-hmm. same year, right? Yeah, that was the same year. Mm-hmm. They were out that summer visiting. They used to come out here every year mm-hmm. and stay with us. And uh, I was making Christmas presents. Right. Mm-hmm. I was making hats and socks. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think. And fingerless gloves. Fingerless gloves, right. Wrist warmers. But socks is what she was walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she'd it's, been it's watching me make that. I was crocheting and knitting these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And, she, uh, and I was knitting a pair of socks. And she said, what are you making? And I told her. And she goes, well, boy, I'd buy that. And when your mother-in-law, I mean, I had a great relationship with, with Jason's mom. I, right. I really died a great, yeah. but you have to understand that Jason is the golden boy. <laughs> He's the baby nobody's, of the family. Nobody's good enough for him. Or... Nobody's good enough for the, for the baby, little baby of the family. And so I don't but, know what he's talking about. You, you do know it, and, and never ask everybody that. in your family, and I mean not just your 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 siblings, but ask everybody in your family. Everybody knows you are the golden boy. You are the baby of the family. And I just tend to do things right the first so, time. Oh, stop! Oh my God! <laughs> it didn't go at all either. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, we had a great relationship, but when she but she she did not hand out compliments. Right. Unless they were truly deserved. And I think yeah. this was the first real one that I'd actually gotten from her. And I figured if she thought that it was good, because she really did everything. I mean, Jason glossed over it, but she was 
she was an amazing seamstress and sewist and crocheter or uh, I never knitter. actually yeah knitter mm-hmm. um, and she could make any she just look at something and make it yeah um, used to be a costumer for the theater so when she gave me that compliment I was like we need to give this a go right and we made a bunch of uh, stuff for uh, holiday fairs right local little like at high schools and church basements and stuff like that yeah. And uh, hats and hats and fingerless uh, gloves. Hats and yeah, they're, 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 oh, and scarves. You know, you know the, the, the usual stuff people start making. When you they, start making when you start you know, doing that kind of right, thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, we sold out at every show that we did. Mm-hmm. And I spent like every waking and sleeping moment making more stuff, and uh, and selling it out at every show. But as you know, um, finished objects are not. The way to make money are not a great income stream, <laughs> right? So well, it's, it's just it's just that you can't you can't charge what a what a handmade object is actually worth. That's the problem. Right? No, not at all. Right? No. Now we do have uh, clients that we make finished garments for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from time to time, and uh, they do pay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're worth. Uh, we did a fashion show at the. Uh, Bellevue Art Museum, right mm-hmm. here in several years ago. Yeah, just over on the the east side of Seattle. The east side of Seattle, and uh, so we did a fashion show there, and we picked up a number of clients as a result of that who wanted to buy our finished garments, and there were people that had the money to do that sort of thing, and they kind of collect pieces made by independent designers, so mm-hmm. they were really collectors of that kind of thing. And they uh, are, you know, our, our pope to uh, to his. Yeah, to our uh, Michelangelo. Yeah, that kind of thing. So there were people that really uh, they, they collected this sort of thing, and they looked for these designers and did this sort of thing. So we did have some of those, but again, it's not enough to sustain a household, and certainly not a no. mortgage and a car payment and mm-hmm. medical and dental and that, 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 you know, all the things. Dog toys alone, yeah. You know. Dog toys. I was going to say, I was going to just the upkeep on the Shibas, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, in my shoe budget. Uh, that sort of thing. So it was, uh, we immediately started thinking, you know, how do we diversify this? And uh, that's when we got into uh, pattern design. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the advice of, there was a woman in my knitting group, actually, um, who was uh, a tech editor. And she started telling me that people actually write the patterns for these and sell them to magazines. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that, you know, long story short, started submitting things to that because I went to uh, TNNA. TNNA the first time, yep. So that was the, the, that, that was the following. So this was summer, and we made those things for the holiday shows that winter. Mm-hmm. And the next, was it spring it was, or it was, summer? It was spring. You, you, it must you, have been the spring show. Yeah, you went to the spring show first. I kept saying it was summer, but I think it was the spring you show. It was spring show because it was a couple of weeks after that that it was the, the summer CGOA. Right, and went to that. So I went to my first conference, and it was in, as you know, that show is in Columbus, Ohio. And that was June. No, that was mm-hmm. June. Okay. It was June. That's, That's traditionally, June. Uh, yeah, it's always in June. Yeah. yeah. Well, not anymore, but yeah. 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 It's over Gay Pride, mm-hmm. so it's that same weekend. Right, yeah. So uh went there, and uh my flight was I gotta set the I got to set the story. i got to set the story for this, the, just, the, just the background, because I've heard yeah. this story before, folks, and I'm going to set it for it. So they, he okay. went – Completely speculative, no meetings, folks. Yep. On with no money, with no money. No money okay. Uh, eating uh, uh, granola bars and protein bars as dinner and lunch yep. and things like that, just oh, to I... see what was going on. Yep. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, because we were, I mean, we were busted broke. We we were poor. Yeah, we weren't paying our mortgage. We were we weren't, I mean, we'd stopped everything. You know, it, there was just, it was. And uh, so we went, and my flight was delayed, and I missed all of the first day except for two hours. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that was a bust. Um, and, uh, but in that time, uh, a woman named Susan Sullivan had walked by and somebody that was there who knew her said, Oh, you need to talk to her. Wait. And went and got her and said, you know, this is Shannon Mullet Bowlesby. Here's his portfolio. You should take a look at it. Da, da, da. And, uh, she said, great. I have some time tomorrow. Would you like to have coffee? And I said, great. Sure. Why not? I had no clue who Susan Sullivan was. She was just this person. Just this. She had an entourage. She had like two or three people following her around. And she looked great. And Benjamin, you know Susan. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, and she for looked our great. listeners, yeah, for our listeners who aren't, you know, kind of maybe necessarily hip to the inside uh, baseball of our industry, Susan Sullivan is with Leisure Arts and 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 the person there to be talking to about acquisitions and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's considerable amount of. I didn't know though. Right. Yeah, I had, no, had clue. no clue. But she dresses in, uh, you know, very chic clothes and looks very. She's very put together, um, very stylish lady, and mm-hmm. she goes. And so I'm impressed as heck by this woman who's walking by anyway, and you know she carries herself with a certain air of authority. And so I was like, okay, but I still had no clue who she was or what she did. Mm-hmm. So the next day, um, you know, I've come down to the short day, and I have to fly back. Because I was only there, supposed to be there for one full day, and then I was flying back the next night. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had like a day and three quarters at the show. And um, so I checked out of my hotel room, came back over, stored my luggage in a friend's booth under their drape on their table. Because <laughs> I couldn't afford to check the bag anyway. <laughs> Have it valet. Oh. And uh, like, we we're poor. Yeah. And so went out and... Uh, we had coffee. If you know TNA, it's out there in that lobby in the, mm-hmm. in the convention center, and it's in well, that little coffee area with the, the seating. Yeah. And uh, and so we sat down out there, and she starts. I was carrying at the time a paper portfolio. This is how long ago this was. Um, so there was my big black portfolio with the little with the little dividers in it, and I had all my sketches in there and my photographs in another one. So she's looking at all this stuff, and she starts pulling out the the sketches. And, uh, you know, I'm like, crap, now i got to put all this back. And she starts <laughs> pulling it out. And what are you doing, ladies? Stop it. And she's laying them all over these tables. We had a couple of tables pushing it, and she's laying them all over, and she looks at them. And after a, few, after a while, um, and just chit-chatting, I still don't know who she is, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just know her name. And, uh, and she, um, she goes, okay, we'll take these. And she kind of waves her hands over the table. I'm doing it now. Can you see? And she waves her hands over the table and goes, <laughs> we'll take these. And I'm like, okay. And I'm sure I looked at her like a complete idiot. She's like going, is anybody home? You know, so she looks at me and I'm like, okay. I, I So what does that mean? And she goes, I'm sorry. Do you not know who I am? And I'm like, not really. I know your name. And so she starts explaining to me that she is the acquisitions editor for Leisure Arts. And I'm like, okay. And it turned then it, I mean, of course, I knew who Leisure Arts was. Right, because everybody's mother and grandmother had, had Leisure Arts. Leisure and arts. We had some Leisure Arts books on our shelves yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. and patterns. Yeah. And and I thought acquisitions editor, and I started thinking about the word acquisitions because I'd never heard such a thing before. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about publishing. 
And she said, acquisition center. And I started to freak out a little bit. And I'm like, so what do you want to do with them? <laughs> So she goes, well, we want to make these into three different books. And she explained about books and leaflets and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing and the difference between those things, the center bound and folded. And the, so they were going to make three of those smaller books out of these, those, those leaflets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, like, it hit me all of a sudden, you know, I mean, here I sit, I mean, I couldn't afford the coffee I was drinking. I think I'd gotten so hungry that I finally asked Jason if I could buy a, a burger the one day. Right. You did. Yeah. And I did buy, I yeah. bought the $25 burger and I think that broke. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I couldn't check my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I sold a bunch of books that did this is secondhand books. That yeah. That just so that we could do that. Yeah. So, and, uh, and she, and like, I'm not exaggerating about the poor part. Like we yeah. didn't have it. And when she told me this, th- like, oh, I just started crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, he broke down. He Even when he came home and started telling me. Yeah, like I lost it. He broke it. down again. And it was, uh, it was... It was like our first break in the... Uh, like I knew that things had changed. Yeah. Like right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next month, uh, again, we scraped up the money, and I went to another conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I met uh, Carrie Clements from Carrie and Yarns, um, Carol Alexander, the editor of Crochet Magazine, um, Bobby Metella from uh, Red Heart, Michelle Max from Crochet World, and uh, from Interweave. Um, oh, I did it again. Yeah. Marcy Smith. Marcy Smith, yeah. Marcy Smith from Interweave. And those are the folks that, like, at that conference, um, like, they purchased a year's worth of patterns. Like, it was done right there. It was just done. We were booked for the next year all, all of a sudden from nothing to just being booked for an entire year. And uh, it was it was kind of well, mind blowing. Well, you you, you, <laughs> you know Shannon glosses over this a little bit. When when Shannon walks into a room, he always walks in with a plan to begin with, and his plan for going to these these particular conventions were well, I mean was to was to you know get work for that that next year. Right. It was that, actually that was, it was to pay for the trip mm-hmm. first. Right. And I would always tell Jace, uh, you know, now, even now, I'll say, okay, we paid for the trip. You know, when I, <laughs> okay, we paid for the trip. Okay, no, we paid for the luggage check. Okay, mm-hmm, we, yeah. paid for, we paid for our meals. Okay, now we're in the profit. Right. And for that one, it was, we'd paid for a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. At those two shows. And I was just, it was so much work that I didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I just kept saying yes. Mm-hmm. Because we needed the, the work at that point. Oh, I'm, Lord. You know, and and we knew we we'd looked at what other designers had done. And first of all, there were no design teams to look at like us. Yeah, no, we were. Um, and but we looked at what other designers did and what looked successful. Um, and we kind of did math on you know, okay, if we sell, if we write this many patterns and sell this many to magazines, this many yarn companies, they pay this and that. So that looks like we need to do X number of patterns per month. Right. And uh, so we were turning out in that. That first year, we were turning out six, seven patterns a month. Pretty easily, yeah. So yeah. we were writing and doing garment designs, mm-hmm. um, fully sized patterns. Yeah, there, there, there was a constant flux of, of boxes coming, coming in. in and going so out of yarn, and going in, and more packages yeah. going out. Yeah. And uh, one of I was staying up till like oh four or five a.m. Yeah, like I was working straight through the night because I was doing all the all the handwork myself. All the yeah, he, he was doing it. all of the, the, that stitching himself. Because Jason still had a full time job. Right. 
And mm-hmm. so he would go to bed because he had to get up at 6 in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, 5, 6 in the morning and drive into downtown for work. And uh, so we had a tech editor who said, you've got to get contractors. We had no clue what that meant. Again, <laughs> no clue what anything meant. No clue what was going on. And I didn't. she goes, well, let me put it in contact. You're a sewist. They said, right. And she said, let me put it in contact. It's like having an atege. Mm-hmm. And you're the designer. And you have people who help you write patterns. And you have people who make the garments. Right. And I was like, what? And so we, anyway, long story short, we ended up with, Probably that first year we had about 30 different ones on call. 30 contractors on call. Contractors, and they would make mm-hmm. the components yeah. for the garments. Yeah, they, they we would, would design, mm-hmm. write the pattern, have it tech edited by a tech editor first. We paid to have a tech editor tech edit everything. Right. So that I could learn. Right. Because you, you, the, the, the business, this particular business, isn't built in such a way that, that you can pick up a book and learn what you need to There's know no about it. There's no duplicatable system. There's it's the, not like going to fashion design school. Right. Yeah, where, where, where you, you can sit down in a classroom and they will teach you what you need to know in order to be successful. This business is basically, okay, I'm going to make some stuff and then I'll hopefully meet the right people. And, and go. And then someone's <laughs> going to tell me how I'm supposed to write this pattern because I've read some patterns, but I'm not sure exactly how to write it. And so that's the, and none of that is true. Yeah, so we we had to learn all of this ourselves over the course of so for the a first years. for the first four or five years we mm-hmm. hired tech editors. Yeah, even stuff that we were turning into magazines and books that already used tech editors. Right. Um, we hired tech editors and paid for that out of our own pocket, so that we could learn how to write and format patterns more effectively. And um, yeah, and develop our own sizing mm-hmm. system based off of ASTM. Standard, just like the, the the cut and sew fashion industry does, and uh, yeah, and developed everything. And before you knew it, we were teaching. And mm-hmm. and uh, Jason, we finally were, were able to. How long ago did you finally quit your full time job? Three, four years ago. Four oh years ago. no, it's a lot longer than that. Well, the the first time I had to go back. And we'll, we'll work again. You went back and worked a temp job for a little while, but it's been like five, six years since you've done. Any full, the last time you worked full time was the first time I taught at Stitches without you, mm-hmm. and that was six years ago. Really, it's been that long. It's been. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It feels How like fifty, actually. You know. Right. I mean, on the one hand, it feels like it's been a really long time. On the other hand, it feels like it was just the other day. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> but you did. You quit your. So, you quit your full time job and back mm-hmm. in your temp job every once in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the photography. Yes. He's a photographer and a graphic designer, so we did. Right like senior portraits and headshots and Jason. We did I a, photographed a wedding. We did a wedding. <laughs> oh, God. I, I did, yeah. We, yeah, we did a wedding. Oh. But he used to shoot dog shows. He mm-hmm. we used right. to, would do the uh, Seattle Kennel Club dog show and right. a lot of the local dog shows. And then he got to shoot at Westminster for yes, three years. Yes, I, I was invited to shoot at Westminster for a few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we got to do that. And that, that's when our love affair with New York started. Mm-hmm. And uh, And now we're sitting here talking to you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 back up. You said something a little while ago where you tried to find a uh, a method for, you know, you know, a, a combined, you know, partners in design. Um right. doing mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. And that wasn't the only problem that you had. You also had problems with the idea, okay, since there wasn't, you just invented it. And the publishing world wasn't necessarily real eager for that byline. 
No. We should first say we should first say that you did you did brand by then. You 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 know you were you you had become the the, the Sheba guys um, the because Sheba. you do have Sheba. Right. Um, yeah, we have three. But we have three. Yes, uh, the Sheba kids, as you call them. Uh, if you ever watch yep. Friday Food Friday uh, on Fun Facebook, Friday. Talk, can you talk a little bit about? the reluctance that the, the, the publishers seem to have with the idea of putting both your names on this. Yeah. I mean, we've, <laughs> it's always been fun to go to them and say, well, actually we're a design team. And it didn't help that the first two conferences that I went to that year um, were just me. I mean, Jason was working a full-time job. We had to do it that way. Right. Um, we, he couldn't just not work. Um, and we couldn't afford, uh, we couldn't afford two sets of, of balance bars <laughs> and, <laughs> and two flights to every place. No, no, we certainly couldn't. And, yeah. uh, and we did not have three Shivas at the time. No, we, we, we only had, had two then. We had one at first and then two and then, yeah, pick up third. Anyway, later we could afford it. But um, the we, we couldn't afford for him to go every place. And so they would see me, and I would say, well, actually, it's both of us. The, and they, they still they kind of glossed over that. Because I wasn't physically there, and I uh, the, 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 there was actually a running joke for a while that hashtag cardboard Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't actually a real person. I was just a cardboard cutout that, that, that Shannon you know, that had. I made up. <laughs> so they started this hashtag cardboard Jason. So he posted a video of you dancing. Yeah, mm-hmm, at yeah. the dance studio once. Uh-huh, to prove yeah. that he was a real person. And I, I am a real person. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it was it was tough first to get them to switch. But then they just refused, and they right. said that we got everything from there's not enough room in the byline of the print, in the print, mm-hmm. you know, from magazines and from books. Well, it makes for, for a really messy cover to put both names on there. And I'm like, look, the name is already Shannon Mullet Bullsby. All you have to do is uh, Jason and, 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 Jason. and an ampersand. You know? And, <laughs> and, uh, and they, they kept saying, well, there's not enough room. Well, it doesn't flow well. Well, da, 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 da. And then finally, somebody was just honest and said, well, we don't know how we'd really explain that to our, to some of our folks in more conservative parts of the country. And I'm like, explain what? And I was really, like, just for like 30 seconds, I was really stupid. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I got like, oh, God, I mean, Benjamin, you, you, you know me, mm-hmm. Benjamin, and you know how I get. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was in, I was. Flames, flames on, on the side, side of my face. I mean, flames. I was furious. Um, because I had, I had experienced anti-LGBTQIA, I mean, both of us have, oh, yeah, you know, our yeah. whole life, those, right. those sorts of discriminatory acts. But to have this industry that I believed, I believed the hype, you know, that they were going to, that it wasn't going to be like that, you know, a couple of men. They were very accepting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all would, very would be accepting. accepting. And it, it, it seems like most people thought it was all cute and fine as long mm-hmm. as we were the gays. Right. The mm-hmm. gays. And as long as we stayed in our place. Yeah, as long as we were this, this comedic kind of mm-hmm. thing, that was fine. And what we do there is fine. But the way that marketing us was very closeted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were not okay with that. No, not at all. Um, and even one of the places hired a publicist mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. to talk to us and to consult with us and basically told us that the gay shtick had to be toned down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like the gay shtick, the the the, the shtick. This is not a shtick. 
this is who I am. This, this is, is our me. life. Yeah. This is our life, and mm-hmm. this is it. And so they wanted us to change the way that we talked, the way that we referred to each other, and you know, just play that down and not call him my husband, not put so much about the wedding. And, then, and I was like, well, I, I, I one one of the I wasn't the, uh, nice. I wasn't nice about it, and I can't repeat. I won't repeat <laughs> what I said to the publicist. Uh, we we still get to 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 this day people in the the occasional class, or you know, we'll, we'll get to just someone who's not quite all there. And we'll ask, oh, so is is that your brother? Or? Are you brothers? Yes. Well, you and, have the same last name, and I'm like, and then we just wait, and I go, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not brothers. I mean, all you do is look at us. And then they're like, oh, you know. Or they see Shannon, and, you know, I instantly go back to junior high. Shannon's the girl's name. Shannon's, Shannon's the, girl. the girl's name. Man, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I get, you know, well, Shannon was is a girl's name, and I didn't, oh, you know, and, and yeah. it's that. So generally, generally, now I'll tell you where we never have a problem is with our students. Right, never. Mm-hmm. Now, students are always, it takes them a second. Sometimes, like a thing, are your brothers? Yeah. And then they'll go, oh, and then they're fine, and, and then we move it, on. It, it, we just move on. and. But it really was, it was the establishment of the industry. We were mm-hmm. at a conference together, and someone who was well-known on uh, the board of an organization mm-hmm. came walking up to us and, st- I mean, stopped right in our faces. She's a little woman, so it was tough. Um, right up in our faces and said, why don't you just leave this to the women? This is one of the only things we have. Just leave us alone. Just get out and, and ha- let us have this business. And I was like, her little bony finger. And- yeah. And I mean, seriously, she's like poking her finger into my chest mm-hmm. and yelling at yeah. me and causing a scene in the middle of this, this vendor floor. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And this was the president of an organization doing this to me, to us. We yes. were both there. Mm-hmm. And talking about, because we used to wear suits and things like that and talking about how we, we walk around like the establishment. And I'm like, I just didn't want to look like a hairy artist that walked out of my, I mean, I mean, seriously, I was wearing like, like hiking pants, you know, the, mm-hmm, the, yeah. the rips up nylon mm-hmm. hiking pants and uh, Converse high tops. And I had a long purple ponytail mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and a knitted, I'm sorry, a, a, a crocheted, a crocheted fedora. fedora. And I would wear like graphic t-shirts mm-hmm. and uh, an overshirt. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to dress like I would for a business meeting, which is in. Because that's what we, we were there to do. We, was to we were there for business meetings. Business meetings. And, uh, and we just caught. A lot more, of flack. A yeah, lot, a lot of, of blowback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was about, and, and, you know, honestly, it was all about the fact that we were a gay couple. Really was, yeah. You know, two men, two men mm-hmm. in the industry uh, doing that. And as long as we, as long as we played the little mm-hmm. caricature. Mm-hmm. It was fine. We weren't threatening. But then when we went into business mode and actually tried to do business, we got a lot of blowback. Right. Um, and trying to get both of our names on things, it didn't really happen until this last book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we got we got an agent along the way, and uh, she got us in with uh, Sterling Publishing. And uh, we'd done other books, but this was our first uh, book with a mainstream publisher, not a craft publisher. And so Sterling Publishing uh, picked us up. And we did three books with them, and the first two still only had my name. I was listed as the photographer on the book, but that was photographer it. and graphic designer. And so yeah. both of our pictures were on the inside, but only my name was on the outside. So when it came down to the last book, we were like, no. Mm-hmm. And we told them, and our agent went to them and said, their name has to be both their names have to be on this. This is really both of them created. They're it's a design team, 
And, uh, and they, you know, to their credit, they did it. Yeah. I mean, we had, mm-hmm. you know, we yelled pretty loud and because nobody was listening and, uh, and having an agent helped and uh, she got in our corner. And, uh, and so our name was finally, finally, our last book that came out, I think two mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um, had both of our names on it. And this next one has already been. It already has both. Yeah. We're yeah. seeing the cover and already has both of our names on it. Yes. So mm-hmm. the, they're, people are starting to get it that we are more than just, you know, Shannon and, and associate. Yeah. It's that we are co-designers and we're right. co-authors. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, you know, the story of Benjamin, you know, filling in the gaps here, you knew your event was one of the first ones that we taught at. Well, it was, I think it that was, was the, the first one It was that we were marketed to the team. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause even when you went, we had to pay for your way. Mm-hmm. There was one other event that we taught at. We had to pay for your way. Right. Uh-huh. And they didn't pay you to teach. No. Because they, well, other people bring teaching assistants and we don't pay for those. And I'm like, Wah! Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> teaching assistant. Yeah. So we co-teach. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Stitches West was the last event that I taught at by myself. It was, yes. And that was, you couldn't come. Right. Mm-hmm. You could not come. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that job thing. And that was, that was the conversation, Benjamin, that you and I had. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, that's that, what, that I was, mean, you and I, you and I had met each other uh, briefly at a, on the TNA floor when you were talking to Jeannie uh, Randolph from Fiesta Yarns, uh, briefly. And I even think we ran into you and I ran into each other at a party once. That was yeah, we like did one a party. Of we, yeah, we ran into yeah. each other at a at a party, like aside. Like I was like, yeah, I know who he is. And that was when we were introduced, and it was like thirty seconds worth of that. But then right. Jeannie, we had we met Jeannie, right? And um, we're talking to her, and you walked by, and of course you two were thick thieves, and yep. so she introduced us to you, and you were running to another meeting. So I think that lasted all about fifteen minutes. Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. So we knew of each other. Yep. Um, and then I applied, I applied each at stitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the very first stitches that I taught at was West. <laughs> right. Right. This was my first stitches event to teach at. It couldn't have been a small one. It had to be West. The event. The event. Yeah. And uh, and I was teaching there by myself. And I'm t- I was so, I mean, I'd been teaching for over 20 years at that point. Mm-hmm. And big crowds, big events, that sort of thing. But West, I was not ready. I was not prepared for how big the energy was, for how big the show floor was how the people were, I mean, the people, the energy at that show, if you haven't been, the energy at, at Astitches West is through the roof, positive and upbeat. And, and it's just like that the entire, I mean, from the time you leave your hotel room until the time you go to sleep at night, the energy is just buzzing throughout the whole hotel and convention center. So I'm there by myself and trying to, you know, navigate this show and, uh, and get to book signings and back to the classrooms and, uh, and uh, and that's you and I spoke. It was a Saturday. Saturday, yeah. It was the uh, Saturday. I mean, I have no yeah. idea. I, I, I was in another was, stage at the time. It was, it was Saturday afternoon. I had been. I had well. You and I spoke before that. Just before, yeah. Just before the student banquet, I was up in my room. Uh, I had been, you know, keeping track of the new teachers. You were one of them. Uh, asking Jessica, who's on the desk, if she had looked at reviews and what they look like for so and so, so and so, and so and so. And, you know, I had you in my mind and then you asked to speak to me and I said, well, you know, come on up. So you came up to my suite and we 
just talked. It was great. Yeah, and that was yeah we we uh, because what we wanted to do is our schedule was getting booked up, right? Right. And we were impressed with stitches mm-hmm. and the show that I was like, we need to teach it all of these. And there were other events that were asking us to do things, and the dates were conflicting. Right. Um, and we hadn't signed any contracts. We hadn't gotten back to anybody yet. And so I wanted to talk to you and said, if you give us – if you promise us that you will book us for all of your events, we will give you first right to refusal on our schedule. And, I mean, the audacity, right? I mean, I taught, <laughs> I taught for two days at your event, my first time ever there, and I'm going to saying, hey, we'd really like to put you on our schedule for the whole next year <laughs> and give you first right to refusal. But, I mean, we were booked, and I didn't want to book over those other shows. Mm-hmm. So Jason and I had had these phone conversations about it, and he was just like, go tell him then. Just tell him and see what he says. What's it going to hurt to, to, to bring it up? And uh, we were working that way with magazines already. We were booking ourselves out that way. Mm-hmm. And they magazines and yarn companies, and it had to be looked at because we were publishing a lot then. Really, we were. And yes. books, we were working well, on a book every year. Yeah, I got to say, the way that you approached it was not like, you know, if you want us, you better say so now. It wasn't like that. It was more along the lines <laughs> of we really like being here. Unfortunately, there are these other things, and we, we need to keep working. Um, you know, what do you think? Yeah. You know, we'd love to we'd love to be able to you know put this as as the thing we do first, and then other things. I mean, you were very you were very sweet about it. It was not like a confrontational or draw the line in the sand kind of thing. It was it was right, it was no, very thoughtful. You will do this our way or else. In retrospect, yeah. it seems like you know <laughs> yeah. the third day of 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 my, our first major event mm-hmm. with you and coming and saying hi, love us, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I. And Jason hadn't been there, and that was what it. And I was thinking about this after we talked the other day, Benjamin. Um, there were a couple of comments because people kept saying in the classroom, "Where's Jason?" Mm. Because you know he was on all the social media, he was on anything live that we'd done, right? And on our mm-hmm. videos. And I said, "Well, the shows don't really hire both of us together, and he couldn't come for this one." And you know, and we just—I mean, we just wanted to get our foot in the door with stitches, and then say, "Hey, by the way, there's two of us." Um, and we couldn't, I mean, at the time y'all didn't know, I mean, that he was anything more than a teaching assistant because we just didn't bring it up because we'd mm-hmm. been rejected so many times from saying that sort of thing. We just didn't do it. We weren't even going to bring it up until, until after, until after you loved it. Yeah, <laughs> everything was established at that point. And, uh, and so I said to people, I said, you know what? They have comment cards though. So you should put down, we miss Jason. And a few people had mentioned him. Like, I remember this, and mm-hmm. you told me that. You said, well, we did notice that a couple of people had, no- had mentioned your husband, and we want to let you know that we'll never have you teach again without him. And, like, I can still remember that that, like, shook me. I mean, we'd already decided that y'all were good people and that we wanted to be around you and associated with the company. But that right there, that was the first time somebody had come and said, oh, by the way, we see you. Right. We see you, and we understand. Um, and that was important, so important. I mean, it gave us the power then. It get, I mean, that sort of affirmation gives you this, especially after being beat down for a few years before mm-hmm. that yeah. by so many other folks. Um, having that confirmation, having that affirmation, that recognition of seeing us mm-hmm. and recognizing us, that was big to us. And, uh, you know, and now we're here talking to you on the phone. 
Well, okay, again, there's some other things that happen between there. I think there were chicken fingers somewhere there. There there were. There were. Yeah, there was a, there was an instance where we were at the uh, just we'll go on to the sidetrack uh, fiber hooligans. There was an instance where Shannon and Jason and I were sitting at a bar at Stitches, which never happens. Um, and outrage, outrage never happens. And and we were um, we were hungry. And a lot of times you just you just want bar food, right? You know, you don't want something elaborate. You just want something need some protein, some carbs, something like this. And those sometimes those bar menus are pretty lean, you know. And not everybody wants That'd fish be, tacos or bleak. yeah, yeah, bleak. Bleak, bleak would be a better <laughs> one, not lean. And, yeah. And so and and so uh, so. I was looking at the menu. I was sitting next to Shannon and Jason, and Jason or Shannon ordered. Shannon was talking to Jason about ordering the chicken fingers, and I'll somebody was, in our kids menu. I'm sorry. It was, was kids, on the kids. It was on the kids menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And 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 somebody at our table just said, you know, gosh, you should eat like an adult, and like like chided him about the whole thing. And I really <laughs> thought, you know what? There are no rules. Um, and I said, well. Uh-huh. I don't know, I think chicken fingers sounds good. So you know, now when we get together, we go looking for chicken fingers when we're at bars together. But I, I, anyway, somebody, somebody's always got an opinion about that stuff, you know. Oh, right. Right. there's always an opinion right. about something. Like we were actively berated for eating chicken. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, we were, whatever. We were, but I, I decided, I decided I was going to go down with you on that um, because you know, right. what the hell. Every time it's chicken fingers, unless we're at Midwest. Mm-hmm. And then it's Which the chicken then salad, 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 salad sandwich, salad. right? Yeah. Because that chicken right. salad sandwich really is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It should have its own Facebook page. <laughs> it should. <laughs> this is Midwest chicken salad sandwich. So there were there were a few things in between there, but now we've been teaching for. I mean, we just had our fifth anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At West this last time when we did the Purple Zebra talk. Oh yeah. yeah. So we even did the th- the uh, Thursday night session at the mm-hmm. stitches um, as a couple, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's really people had seen me before, but I don't think I think that's the first time I wore an actual dress. It is, mm-hmm. and yep. those knee-high leather boots. So it's the first time they had seen me as a gender non-conforming person mm-hmm. um, at at stitches. Well, it's taken they you seen me. It, it, it's taken you a number of years to really feel, feel come out and do that. Yeah, we're wearing. Those at events, those types of because I wear them here around the house, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't wearing, and sometimes you're on Seattle. Yeah, but I wasn't wearing them at events because I was just afraid. Well, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, afraid to come sure. out. I mean, even at you know 50 years old, I was afraid to come out and come out. Who I yeah. yeah, come out again. Right again. Uh-huh. Do I really want to go through this process again? And uh, and so slowly I started morphing into things. You know, there were heels and mm-hmm. things, but I mean stitches really. I mean, once again, stitches came through and made me feel comfortable enough being who I am to the point that at the last show, that really, I didn't even mm-hmm. take, I didn't take any safety. I used to call them safety clothes, Benjamin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An and, extra suitcase. Yeah. Like almost a whole extra suitcase. suitcase. You're exaggerating a little bit. Well, now, now, now you use the extra suitcase for your, for your makeup, right? Makeup and shoes. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because because uh, I heard a, I heard a couple of horror stories about the about the bathroom and your makeup. I did hear some horror stories. <laughs> well, okay, you know what? That 
bathroom at the last show was a hate crime. That's all there is to it. It was. It really was the smallest vanity I've ever seen in my life. It was the smallest vanity. The bathrooms are fine. I mean, you know, the bathrooms are bathrooms at these shows. Mm-hmm, yeah. But usually there's a vanity big enough to put both of our stuff on. This one? No. Wouldn't even hold. I swear. It was the smallest. Va- like, our stuff was. The people who would come in and clean, usually they'll, like, lay out your brushes. You know, they'll, they'll take my makeup. Because I put them in a jar. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sorry, in a glass over on the side so that they stand up and stay out of the way. They usually take them out and lay them out on a towel that's folded and stuff like that. Yeah, they didn't no. even try at this show. They just left everything there on the counter. There was makeup <laughs> one side of the, oh, of the bathroom Lord. to the other, and then you know, little makeup, makeup and skincare products, and, and you, you know, know razors, razors and, and shaving oil, and I mean, good lord. It's, it's, I mean, you it's, try you try being a big hairy guy like this and and walking around in heels and a dress. I mean, it's 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 hard being this fashionable. It, it, it you know, it's a lot. <laughs> and there's always, and I know you do this too, but there's always the thing. The first thing you do when you get to an event is you call down to the front desk and ask for twelve extra hangers. Right, mm-hmm. I always do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know that you because do that well, you too. know, there, 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 there are two of us in the room, and e- e- there are e- two e- of us. Even if we were just dressing like normal human beings. Um, <laughs> It would take more. It would take more, more than five I, hangers. See, I, five I think normal, normal is a setting on the on the on the washer and the dryer. It's not a thing that humans do. That's it. That's it. Yeah, but even if we were wearing our everyday clothes from around here, it, yeah, it wouldn't know, be enough. You know, there's a couple of jackets each, and then a couple of pair of pants, and it, it's filled. So. Hotel rooms are hateful. Mm-hmm. They're hateful. They are hateful, hateful mm-hmm. places for if you have if you have any fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we do like to dress, but anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Just when you when you all came out with, I mean, two things. Um, one, my biggest disappointment about Stitches United being canceled, and two, when you all was it a year ago or two years ago that you all came out with your uh, inclusivity and uh, non discrimination state policy statement? It was a couple of years ago. Was it two? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, Benjamin. Was it a year ago or two years ago? You all. It- it was it was before it was before SoCal. It was before the first SoCal. So it's two years. Now. Yeah, it's a good grief. Again, mm-hmm. once again, so long ago. Um, yeah, because we were working on ours for Artists in Space at the same time. We were mm-hmm. and for our, our website. And so it was when you all came out with that policy and put that statement right in because you put it not just on your website, you put it in the show books. And it flat out said, if you discriminate against these people. Mm-hmm. Or if yeah. your actions are discriminatory toward these people, or perceived to be, or perceived to be, you're out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it was strong language. Just said, management will remove you. You know, and it will take action or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But it empowered not just me. Well, okay, I can just speak for myself because yeah. I could say there were a lot of other people because there were because we were contacted by by other folks and we know from our own personal experience seeing more people coming out at the shows and being more visible at your shows, um, that statement allowed me and us in general to feel like we could be who we were um, at the show without being afraid. Well, without being afraid we're going to get beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and everything, Benjamin. We don't encounter that a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, we live in a city that has laws mm-hmm. about that sort of thing, but people can still walk up and start yelling, um, very hateful, mean things, hateful to things to us, and mm-hmm. saying whatever they want, as long as they don't physically touch you. As long as they don't you. physically touch you, that's the way the laws in our in our city go. They have right. to hit you in order for it to be considered a hate crime. 
um, or they have to do something physical, like paint it on your mm-hmm. door or your house or, right. you know, smash your car or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Sticks and stones. Sort yeah, of that sort of thing. But at Stitches, it was the first event that we felt like we were actually seen, recognized, and protected. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that was everything. You, I mean, you know that uh, we don't, we had not worked with any other shows that had done that. We still haven't. We still haven't. And uh, it, it allowed not only us to be more open about who we were <clears throat> and for me to explore more of who I was, um, but it, um, it allowed other people to as well. And, you know, it was, it was a big move by Stitches to do that. And it once again confirmed, as happened so many times, that, Stitches, that when we're at Stitches, we're exactly where we need to be. Um, and I don't say that to any other events, but just to say, maybe step it up a little bit. How's that? I mean, I know you would well, never say something like that, but, but no, I know it's like, I it's inelegant to talk about other shows, as you know, I mean, I, I just don't, you know, and, and, I, and I'm not, but other, other events need to recognize that what you did was huge for our community and meant everything to our community. The, the LGBTQIA community, a lot of times, uh, historically, in activism, mm-hmm. get shoved to the back when other issues arise. And that's right. all I'll say. That's as far as I'll say. When other issues arise, our community gets shoved under the back burner. We'll deal with that after we deal with, with this. this. And, and we're also the first, we are one of the first ones to get bashed when it comes to uh, these hate groups needing to raise more money. Oh, yeah. Because you invoke the LGBTQIA community and, oh, oh, yeah, we need to defeat them. They're evil. And so we're always the first to be attacked and the last to be defended. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, say that glibly. As you know, I say that from experience. And so it is to have an event come out and put us in the front. And not just us. It was, it was all, all different types of communities. But, <clears throat> again, speaking for us um, as part of the LGBTQIA community, it meant – everything to have that out front and other events and all it is is just we know that people who work at other places and do other things feel the same way but they don't say it explicitly and there's that thing there's the underlying current you know just like when we get something published Mm -hmm. yeah of well there's not enough room for this or well what are you know, those there's, there's, mid Midwestern people going to what, what, what are some? What are our more conservative clients going to think? And we'll have to, you know, we don't want to alienate them either. You so, know, them so, too. So it's okay for, for you to alienate me. So it's always it's okay to alienate us because we know. Oh, well, you know how we feel. Yeah. Well, step up. And that's you know we've been screaming that in our community for a very long time, and not just in the fiber arts industry, but in and in other industries that work in general. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing your horn a little bit, you know, in the, the, the Stitches events horn, in that y- y'all stepped up, and y'all stepped up big. And it wasn't just, you know, in action, just in face. Sorry, it wasn't just in name or in face. It was in action. Y'all did. Y'all took action when things happened. Right. And, uh, I mean, because, Benjamin, you know that it wasn't, it wasn't anything with the event organizers or the people at, who worked at the event or our students but it was other vendors on the floor um, right. that we were openly hostile and people were openly hostile to us. And, uh, you know, you know, Benjamin, we got confronted. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sometimes it's you know the, uh, the, the, the I'm using the quoty fingers here you know the uh, the microaggressions. Yes, microaggressions. We, we all know that there's nothing you know micro about microaggressions. microaggressions. But you know there there's the looks and the action and the things like that. But we had uh, there was one show in particular we had a couple of different people come straight up and get in our faces. Right. And specifically in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, about the way that I was dressed and the way that I looked and who do you think you are and boy you really think you're something strutting around looking like that and you know stuff like that and uh, it it there weren't those protections put in place mm-hmm. it was right after that that you did that and put those sort of protections in place and it stopped yeah mm-hmm. and it stopped right away so the stitches for that so that's I mean the the it it just confirmed one more thing and one more reason why. Um, why we work with stitches so much and why we do put you guys in our calendar first. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, you know, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a, as you know, it's a thing, you know, I mean, we're, we're very good friends. Uh, Fiber Hooligans, uh, uh, especially Shannon and I, I don't talk to Jason quite as much. I usually, um, Shannon and I get on the phone and rant with each other. We're, we're designated ranters, uh, for our spouses. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we do. We, we rant and, you know, then, you know, just, we're just going to burn it all down, you know, start over. That's it. It's, you know, <laughs> society's not worth saving. Who's got the red button? Yes. Um, and Jason that, and Chris uh, yeah. hide the red button. Yeah, that's, 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 that's right. That's right. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's kind of our, our relationship. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's been nice too that, you know, it's that, you know, you've always, uh, you know, you talk about the stuff that, that ticks you off, you know? Well, we really? do. We it's good. Really? I've never noticed that. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, yeah. part of it is because we because we are friends, Benjamin, is that mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like we can. Yeah. Who, who else am I going to tell about it? I mean, nobody, nobody else is going to get it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it's. Sometimes it puts you in a weird position because you're you're my friend, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you about the thing that happened at your event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, or I'm telling you about the injustices in the industry, mm-hmm. um, and the things that discrimination that we have come up against in the industry, um, and you're the industry. I mean, you're not. You know, yeah. I mean, Stitches event is a huge player in the industry and a leader in the industry, and uh, it's tough for you to hear those things sometimes. I know, but Every single time you've taken action and you've done something um, to affect the outcome, not just for our community, but for other communities too, other marginalized communities. Right. We've, we've, mm-hmm. seen, we've seen the actions be swift and um, complete. Right. Mm-hmm. Not just taking some performative action uh, lip service type thing, but full and complete actions that actually change the industry a little bit and change, mm-hmm. well, a lot. Now change the industry a lot. Well, I, you know, I, I, I always think that our industry. Yeah, I always, I always think that our industry is predisposed better than it has, um, more so than other industries. That's what I would think. Um, but you know, and again, you, we've had conversations about me being, you know, ever so cute and naive about things. So uh, if that's a naive <laughs> statement, let, let just let me live in my delusion about that, okay? You're the, you're the one who says that. We we've okay. never said that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm probably naive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, what was, but, I was telling you about something that I was, I was thinking that was going to be good and it was going to get solved. And I think 
Shannon said something. Oh, that's so cute. And I that's just went, so okay. Cute. I, <sighs> from South Dakota, Tana, Canada. Yeah. No, it's it's just I think you know, I mean you are I mean I don't think it's any secret. You're a you're a, a cishet white male. Yes. <gasps> God. Uh if you've never seen him. And uh and so you have uh a certain um experience in the walking through the world um that sets your worldview. And I don't think that's naive. I don't think it's naivete, I think it's just it is what it is. And it's it's your experience and it's you living and making decisions based off that as best you can. But you listen when somebody who does not have that same experience tells you about their walk through the world and what it's like for them to walk, you know, through the universe um, in their skin, in their body. And uh, you listen. And you listen. And that's important. And I don't think it's just because we're friends. That's the first step. You listen, you listen to other people, too. Like, you listen and you do something. Right. I try. I try. I miss it sometimes, um, you know, but I try. But you always fix it if you do miss. Yeah. Yeah, well, not, you we'll it. see. You know, I mean, every so often you get, you get a, anybody can get to a blind spot where you just you just continue to not see something. But, you know, I, I try. And, and the nice thing about it is I have good people around me that that also are, are helpful in, in making sure I don't miss things, too. I'm not alone in identifying problems right. and, 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 and feeling the way that I feel about marginalized communities. Um, and, um, you know, so, I mean, the good news is I, the weight's not all on me. I, you met my staff. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're phenomenal people. They are. They're, it's a, it's a, you know, I mean, Citrus events, period. I mean, you've definitely created a culture there that is more proactive toward paying attention to this sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, after that, then we are talking to you. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about the recent uh, you know problem that we've all been dealing with, which is this darn pandemic, um, and it's really it's kind of upset things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were yeah. we didn't get to see each other in, uh, in in Hartford, and you know, and there was a barbecue place across the street we were going to go to. Yep. Yep, because they have chicken fingers in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. They mm-hmm. do in the bar. I remember the chicken. You know, and I was thinking about this too. Hartford uh, is the first place where I told you that I was gender nonconforming. I was genderqueer. Mm-hmm. I remember that. We were sitting there in the in, – in, I mean, at first, you just looked at me. <laughs> it was the most amazing blank look I've ever you were seen in like, my life. I, I don't think I understand what that means. And then – Mm-hmm. Jessica, who was sitting there, started yeah. talking about it more because she's really active in in the community there in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And this whole discussion, like, went up. But that's Hartford is the first place. Yeah, it we was. Talked it about was. That. Yeah, yeah. We, we were but, there in um, but uh, I mean, you know that we we love being up in the Northeast. I mean, we love going to New York and Connecticut, Massachusetts, all that up in there. And so this was going to, and this was the last Citizens United in Connecticut. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not only did we not get to see all the people that we normally would have seen, we there, normally yeah. would have seen from the Northeast, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but we didn't get to see any of our citrus family. <laughs> we kind of live on that. So, yeah, that's, well, uh, I mean, we, we love being at home. You know that we love being here at home with the Shiba kids and, you know, working yeah. and doing things we do here. And we love our city. We love, we love where we live. But I love the fact that I can get on a plane once a month and go 
you know, or once every month and a half and go to a Stitches show mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, play with y'all yep. mm-hmm. for, for a few days. And uh, it just, I mean, it, it literally got yanked out from underneath us. Right. Yep. Like, I don't, well, we, I don't feel like there was a lot had, of preparation. No. And we only had a few weeks. Yeah. We it were, was just like, okay, we're out. Mm-hmm, That's yep. it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and we, we'd certainly talked about the possibility of it before that when all this stuff started. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we thought, nah, it's never going to get that far. It's no. never going to get that bad. And then when it did, it just did. Right. At yeah. that point, it was yeah, just... I, well, and, and, it, and it was rough. And one of the reasons I wanted to, to bring this up is, is rough, not only personally for me, but, you know, one of the things that happens uh, in this industry, and, and, I, and I think it's important to remember this, is that, you know, of course, you know, this is, shows are incredibly speculative to, to, to our company. And so there's, there's, there's loss. There's, you know, definitely revenue and cash flow loss. But, and, and the vendors, of course, they, you know, they, they've tied up all their inventory into, into stock and, they don't have the yep. chance to shoot. And that, that could be a huge cash flow problem. And, you know, I mean, some, yep. some of the vendors really count on these shows to, you know, to, to make them the margins. And, you know, for the most part, this, you know, stitches shows do pretty well and about bringing people in and, and making sure that things get sold. But the, the, the people I do really feel bad for um, are, are the teachers, because the way this happens is, is that uh, once the show is canceled, you know, you just simply lose the revenue. I mean, there's just, there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. You, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You're sitting there going, okay. Okay. So I'm not getting paid for the next six months. Uh, so there we go. What What do we do now? And you weren't the only one that canceled, but you were certainly the first one that came mm-hmm. out and said, you know what? This is unsafe. Right. We can't mm-hmm. do this. We're going to take a hit, but we're going to do this anyway. And um, so you closed the show down for safety reasons even before, I think it was even before the Connecticut governor locked everything down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Vogue closed their, their Washington show down, and they, they kind of had to. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they did. You really don't want me to talk about that, do you? No. So. <laughs> I'm just saying that I wasn't the first to cancel a show. No, no, you, 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 you were not the first show to cancel. No, but you, yeah. but yeah, that, that's true. You were not the first show to cancel. They, there was no choice in shutting down Washington State because all of the, um, the cases were from about ten miles away from where the from where that show was supposed show to happen. Was. They were in a, it was in a, uh, in a long-term care facility, and I think we had like twenty cases within a week. Yeah, and it was all from that. I think like eighteen of them were from that place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when it got really scary. And then, uh, yeah. And then, so the, the show started falling like mm-hmm. dominoes after right. that. And, uh, you know, you all canceled for safety reasons. And then, then the governor locked it down anyway. And we were like, well, we're going to get to go anyway. So, so there it is. And then, I mean, we've had everything with the exception of stitches Midwest, we've had everything canceled through October. Right. Mm-hmm. So all the shows, the the guild shows and the we we have one guild show that that is still not canceled in September, that, but, that's really hanging by by a thread here at this point. Yeah. So so it just we'll see. And we're not really complaining. I mean, yeah, hmm. tough it, because it just all happened. And, you're right. It yeah. just all it's necessary though. I want to say this: it's necessary, and we understand why it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We have to stay. We have to stay isolated so that we don't pass this on to other people, and so it doesn't get a it. 
you know, flatten the curve. Okay, but the case, the number of cases in the U.S. are still going up every day. Mm-hmm. And in major metropolitan areas, you know, as of today, major met- metropolitan areas, some of them are plateauing and have plateaued for about a week. But now it's rural areas mm-hmm. that are that are coming up higher. And so it's not really plateauing at all. We're still in a danger zone. And so we understand why pe- people are doing this. We understand why they're doing it. We support them mm-hmm. doing it. But you're exactly right. I mean, we have no inventory we don't have but you know we're retailers as well we uh, work with artisan space mm-hmm. uh, we manage artisan space and uh, are the buyers for that company and they were only um, a pop-up retail shop right. at, at mm-hmm. shows yes um, no online uh, sales really um, unless we had a special deal that we wanted to put out but we had to con- we were able to convert all of that to online sales for artisan space and all the things that people could get at shows they can get online now um, but the Shiva guys, it was like, well, we've okay. We've got a couple of books and We've got books threads. and patterns and some our, our thread collections and stuff like that online. But that's, that's not the same not as enough. going out right mm-hmm. to a show right. mm-hmm. and teaching. Um, and certainly not that many shows canceled. I think it's like six now. Six canceled now, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's well over, over half of our year. Well over half of our income gone. <laughs> yeah. And it's. On, I mean, we, we've switched now. I mean, it's taken us two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're two months in isolation now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're two, two months now. To where we're able, we've reformatted our classes so that we can teach them online, so that we can teach them live streaming. We're going to start doing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, so that we can give a good experience to the students and actually feel good about the way that, that, that we're teaching. That we're presenting. Fine. So we've reformatted things so that it works. Um, restyled the classes, restructured them so that we can do that. Um, but it's not the same as going out and teaching live and having that experience, you know, as we've said to you many times, it just there, there's no substitute for the live experience of teaching in front of a class and of going to a show. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not the same. It's never going to, I don't feel like video is ever going to replace the live event. It can't. It can't. For effectiveness. I mean, speaking as a, you know, a theater actor, yeah, you know the the experience is completely different from from going to a, a movie theater is going mm-hmm. to an actual live theater. You can see the exact same show, but there's there's something completely magical about it having happen right there in front of you. And they're great. I mean, it's it's you know online classes or streaming classes are great, and we're going to do them, but it's just not the same. It's a it's a different experience, and they're both good for different reasons. Yeah. Um. It just, ha- it just happens to be the one tool that we have access to right now. Yeah, and so we've had to adapt very quickly. Um, and But still, it's not going to replace that income for those shows. No. It's just not. I mean, so as teachers go, we kind of actually had the actual rug yanked out from underneath our feet. And, uh, you know, where, where do you go? What do you do? You just you, you do the best you can, and you hope that the income is made up. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be. No. Um, we've had to apply for relief for our mortgage. Yep. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting really real here. <laughs> but we've had to re- apply for relief for, for our mortgage and uh, for our bills and things like that. And uh, just so that we can make sure that we're alive until the next show opens, um, until we can go to the next, sh- next open show. Yeah. Um, our book release in December is in jeopardy because that's supposed to be live at the Houston Quilt Festival. And then 
um, the big release at Stitches at Stitches West next year. And if this doesn't work out where we can actually, or we can leave, um, because we have immune, uh, immunity comprom immune compromised situations here at home that we can't go out even if the shows do open and there's still, uh, our doctor says there's still um, mm -hmm. danger of being infected. Right. So for us, it's a double whammy because even if the shows do open, we can't. There's a possibility that. That we can't go. Yeah. So we got, yeah, we got it yanked off running very quickly. Um, we're able to recoup some of the income, but we are, yeah, basically teachers are up a creek. Mm-hmm. That's what I got yeah, to say I about it. Was, I just thought it was worth talking about because, you know, for fiber hooligan listeners, you know, um, you know, I just wanted to try to encourage you to, um, you know, look, look at the vendors as well as the teachers and, and if they have websites and, and pattern sales and things like that. And try to try to support them in your online shopping is all I'm, all I'm asking. If, if you've got the money, it, they, I'm sure they'd appreciate it. So I'll, I'll leave it at that unless you wanted to say something else about it. Well, no, I think that you – I think the post you put up that first post that we saw from any event mm -hmm. yeah. that, that said, Hey, by the way, the teachers are hurting, you know, great. Again, you know, that we're vendors as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, great. We'll talk about the vendors and how the vendors, or I should say we work for a vendor. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you were the first one that came up and said, by the way, the teachers got screwed, you know, because there's, 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 there's a certain amount of insurance coverage for other things that happen to other types of uh, mm -hmm. companies in our industry. You're right, right. Yeah. Vendors, mm -hmm. event organizers, there's some things that can be recouped or you can put things up for sale. Um, teachers, I mean, you can't insure against, you know, we don't have product insurance against mm -hmm. theft and damage for our classes. Right. <laughs> yeah. If we yeah. don't, go, if we can't show up and do the work someplace, yeah, we don't get paid. Yeah, if, if we can't yep. physically be there for a reason, it doesn't matter what the, the reason is. It could be a perfectly good reason, such as a pandemic. Right, but it it just doesn't. bottom line is we mm -hmm. don't get paid. There's yeah. no, mm -hmm. there's no recourse for it, and that's where we felt. That's what terrified us because there was really, just yeah. no way that we could fight back. There's no way that mm -hmm. we could act out and do we, anything. Yeah, we can't make make a plan to. Uh, to, uh, to assist us in to go teach someplace yeah. or, you know, yeah. it just doesn't we, work. We, we, so. When it's just not going to happen. We'll do the best we can, but, you know, yeah, you were one of the first ones that called that, you know, and we had a phone conversation. Again, we had one of those red button phone conversations. <laughs> we, we did. We did. That was you calling me. Um, about this. But I think, I, I think I was, that time I was, be, I was pissed off that time, right? You were pissed off. And I was, we had already been, we had been discussing it around here that we were just tired of, okay, great, great. Yeah, let's reach out and help everybody. How about the teachers? Mm -hmm. And it just got to the point where it felt like we were being kicked in the gut every time somebody talked about helping everybody else out with the events. But, you know, the teachers. Uh, and I, and, they'll and be we okay. know that that's not actually, we know that's not actually what everybody meant. It's just that, you know, it's. Of course not. It takes, mm -hmm. It's just yeah. like felt at, at that. It's the way it felt because we were getting kicked in the gut. And we, yeah. we watched our in, seriously. We we had no income coming. There was just nothing. There was no way to make that income happen. And with our students and uh, our followers online have been very generous with donations on our website. Thank you. Uh, and they've allowed us to 
pay some bills. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually applied for a couple of artist grants here in Seattle mm-hmm. um, and got them. Um, so we were able to recoup a little bit more. Yep. Um, we filed unemployment because in Washington State we can do that. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Um, so we there there are things that we're doing to recoup, but it's still not going to be the same. The same. It's not going to be the same income. So life has changed, and um, I think again, once again, knowing that we were seen and recognized, and um, you know that something was, you know, y'all tried to do something for yeah, us. Yeah, when there isn't anything to do, at least being seen is uh, is and recognized is some sort of consolation. Yeah. As well, one thank does. you. But as one does. As, as one does, mm-hmm. right. As one does. And then you were talking to me. No, um, okay. And so, that brings us to today where you're talking to you. Yeah, right. So so you've, you've finished your book with C&T, which, and can you tell us what the book is about? Uh, no. Uh, really, you can't. But it has... But it has a lot to do. We can tell you a little bit. We can it has a lot to do with that class, that that camp that we taught, mm-hmm. and those two camps that we taught, and to, with our twelve weight Sashiko uh, sewing collection, <laughs> our thread collection from Arafil that we have. Um, it has a lot to do with that thread, mm-hmm. the Sashiko thread. Um, it has a lot to do with that Boro class that well, we what, taught. What kind of what kind of thread was that again? It's a Sashiko thread. It's a twelve weight oh, okay. cotton. Yeah. Uh, we have through RFL thread uh, mm-hmm. in its Sajiko thread. And it's available on our website. It's available on our website. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so the book has to do with those, probably has something to do with those subjects. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a book on Sashiko and Boro. Yeah. Sashiko and Boro. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's original designs and patterns based on. Um, well, I just the ancient. I just think it's exciting because you know you're 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 you guys of course do all kinds of things, but you've been even sort of typecast a bit as crochet guys because that's where the market is when you came into it. But it's great to see yep. you doing other things. Oh yeah, we're we've we're, always done we've always done things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, looking back at at our history in, in school, we we were both researchers. And right. we continue to be researchers in our current lives, and we just happen to be researching this particular thing. I would have stayed in school forever. Right. Cause, you just, know, just because when they hand it – He what, yearns for knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the, the, do you remember in Wyoming they had handed me – they said, okay, so this password gets you into the WorldCat library. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went, the, it, it what? Uh-huh. Are you serious? <laughs> And now you can get on online, but back mm-hmm. then it wasn't a thing, and yeah. it was it was all the the uh, university research libraries. Yeah, and all available, all available to me. And so mm-hmm. I never came out of the research archives. I mean, I had stacks of books and papers and and gallons and, and of, a computer of Mountain Dew Code Red, Code Red, and coffee. Yes, and uh, yeah. you wonder why I had a hard episode. And, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and so research for me has, you know, and for both of us has always been a big thing. And so we were researching. You want to hear how this happened? Is that what you're wanting? Um, when we were researching this um, as a way to develop new classes for Stitches, because you all had announced that Stitches United was going to be a broader campaign instead of just uh, yarn-related uh, crafts and arts, 
it was going to be sewing fabric, sewing, yeah. all different types of things like that. Yeah. We and called so it we called it we talked about being a Renaissance crafters, being for Renaissance crafters. Yes. 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 Hashtag Renaissance crafters. And uh and we like that got us really excited. We jumped on it. Because, because we do all we all, do all the things. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, yeah, and I know yeah. I know that especially Shannon has always been a big fan of English paper piecing, and so I'm glad he got a chance to do some of that too. <laughs> I, I almost I almost called you something out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll text it to you anyway. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a huge. You know what? Uh, you, you and Elaine, mm-hmm. you and Elaine, um, Elaine Rowley, the R and XRX, um, Elaine telling me about English paper piecing for like a year mm-hmm. and making me insane because I come from a hand sewing background. Mm-hmm. Jason was a machine sewer. I was a hand sewer yeah. and including quilting. Mm-hmm. And I, I truthfully said that if I started doing English paper piecing and using templates to quilt with my grandmother would rise from the, the grave <laughs> Smack me in the back of the head. Shake her little pointy finger at him, and little uh, pointy finger, and then go back. Yeah. And I did not. You do not want to piss off that woman. So I did not want her her spirit coming back and getting me. And uh, and then I actually started playing with an English paper piecing kit, and yeah, the rest is history. Now we have we have two ongoing English paper piecing quilts. Yeah. There. Well, the mm-hmm. one of which is like three thousand white pieces. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, folks, folks, there was like a whole year where I would bring it up to him to, you know, because Jason, Jason's not usually the guy that, that rolls his eyes, but Shannon will roll his eyes at you. And, and Shannon would roll his eyes at me like, oh, whatever, you know. Bring it up. Bring it up. <laughs> bring it up is, 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 yeah, no. So bring it up. Bring it up like saying the San Francisco earthquake. Mm-hmm was a big truck going by. Yeah, no, no, no. Are you suggesting, suggesting that I was bothering you about this stuff? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then Elaine coming over and showing me stuff in the booth all the time. You know, I know that Benjamin's been mentioning it, but you should really try this because look, look at what I made. <laughs> Elaine, Elaine made that table runner for Thanksgiving table runner that turned into a car cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gorgeous. But it's like every time we saw it, it got like massively bigger, got bigger and, and bigger. And I was like, Elaine, what happened to that table runner you were making? And she points to this thing, and I'm like, this is the car cover. And she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, you just get carried away, and you do, you get carried away with it. But mm-hmm. so yeah, then we added English paper piecing in and got all excited about that because it's fun. But we were looking for other handheld sewing things that we could do right. without mm-hmm. bringing in machines. We had not started with sure. Bernina yet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, we're our Bernina ambassadors. And uh, we hadn't started with Bernini yet, and I just did not want to carry machines around to a show and, you know, worry about bringing them in and da-da-da-da, and oh, what a pain. And so we know better now, but we were looking for hand work stuff and hand piecing. And there was, you know, hand quilting, hand work, uh, hand piecing type stuff. And mm-hmm. we were looking for crazy quilts. Right. I was like, oh, God, they're going to love crazy quilts. Because you, you just put the pieces together and you sew and you don't really worry about it. Do it all by hand and then it's all, it's all about the embellishment after that. Right. So we started right. doing some research in history of crazy quilts. And we found a write-up that said something about the crazy quilts were um, inspired. inspired, right, 
They, they were inspired by the, the World's, World's Fair, Fair of 1865 in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. 1865, is that right? Yes. 
same tag. Hi, my name. Hi, I'm Benjamin. I'm a neutral background. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, we 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 got to we got to move on here, otherwise we're going to run ourselves out of time. Uh, you know, okay. we've been talking for an hour and forty minutes at this point, so <laughs> we've gone a little over our hour uh, session. Yeah. But I set the clock to two before it canceled on us. So. But, you know, anyway. No, no, no. I, I said this long because you, I knew this was good. We told people this is going to get out of hand. It's it's fine. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's well, it needs to be what it is. We still haven't, I mean, we, 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 there, I could find another 15 things that we haven't even talked about yet. Oh, real quickly before we move on uh, to the next thing. Of course, you're you're branded as the Shiva guys that happened in a park. Tell that story real quick. Uh, so we take the Shiva kids with us everywhere. We we used to live right off downtown Seattle, and uh, and now we live just right off you know just right off downtown. Um, and we take them every place with us: shopping, Nordstrom, downtown, Tiffany, and yeah, all all, all, yeah. all the stores downtown that we shop at. We take them with us, and they let them in. Down to the Pike Place Market. And, yeah. yeah, and so we take them to the, we used to take them to the farmers market every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the one time we showed up without them. Because we needed a little bit of a break. Because we needed a little bit of a break. Because if you ever tried taking a Shiba, let alone Shiba puppies, for a walk, let alone three or four of them, yeah, it's you can't take like ten steps more without, than ten without hearing the sound oh. and somebody wanting to pet them. So yeah. we needed a break, and we needed to actually get in and get our shopping done to leave. So we left them at home, and one of the vendors yells out, "Hey, aren't you the guys with the Shibas?" We're like. Yes. yes, yes, we, we are. are. We are the Shiba guys. We bought the domain and <laughs> registered everything. And, and, the the yep. and that's our brand. If you see our logo, mm-hmm. if you go to ShibaGuys.com and you see our logo, oh, it's on the podcast thing, too. It is, yeah. Um, those, those three heads are our three Shibas. Our three Shibas. Jason created that graphic, and it's their shadows. Which is Atlas, Dallas. <laughs> and Dallas. Yep, Atlas, Apollo, and Dallas. We, we had Dallas, Aries for... We had Aries for a little while. Aries was our first baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he died very young. He died very young. And we, then we got Apollo, and then Atlas, and then Dallas, whom obviously we did not name. We did not name Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. Dallas was a show dog at the time, and so her name is Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, moving on here. So in this troubled yeah. time, as people are feeling down, they're feeling worried about the economy, not just in our industry but in everywhere, do you have any advice you want to give you know, consumers, prosumers, professionals out there in the world? Um, stop going to the fridge every half hour. <laughs> no, I, oh, no, that's me. Um, you know, the, the, the thing for us that I think we talk about the most mm-hmm. is that this is a chance for all of us to kind of reset. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, um, this is the reset button right, right this here. This is right now. the red reset button. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yes, it is. Um, and whether we like it or not, whether we like what's happening to us or not, and we certainly don't um, at all, but the fact that what it's done with us and what we encourage the creatives that we work with, uh, we mentor a few uh, other designers and creatives, and what we've told them is that this is your opportunity. You're not busy anymore. Right. We get so busy making the money and doing the things that make the money mm-hmm. that we don't step back to do anything creative anymore. You know that meme, you know, ain't, ain't nobody got time for this? Yeah. Now you've got time for it. You've got time for it. And so this is the time for us to, again, we hate what has, what has happened to people, and we hate what is happening in the world in the way this is going and the, 
you know, to the families of people who have died, we do know some people that have, and it just it it breaks our heart. Um, so that said, um, you can either sit at home and stare at videos all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or take this as an opportunity to say, okay, stay home first, mm-hmm. um, and second, I'm not busy now. Right. I'm not um, as busy, so we've expanded other areas of our business. Yeah. We've learned a couple of new things. We are. I'm. I'm learning computer things. Yes, Shannon is learning computer things. It's scary. <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, what is that program? <laughs> I don't even know the name of the program. Adobe Illustrator. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because Jason again does all the. He does book packaging and graphic design, and the layout for all of our books, for our publishers and for other people's books. And uh, so I'm learning how to help out on that side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be better at that. And uh, we learned some new video editing yep. software. Oh yeah, which we love. Which we love, and uh, again another Adobe product. And so, and we're expanding into different types of creativity. We actually are about to finish um, a quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, we're finishing a lot of those projects that we had started, but we were always getting ready for the next thing, or always turning in the next deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, we have the opportunity to expand our business and work on ourselves, creatively and personally. Um, and I, uh, that's, that's just what I would encourage people to do is to try to find a way to connect with their business and connect with their creativity in a way that we haven't had time to do before. Right. And, um, and on a larger scale, again, realize this is the reset. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is the reset that we all get. And so maybe, maybe consider coming out the other side, being a little kinder to each other and to the planet. Right. Um, and just focus on those sorts of things and how how we can take advantage of the fact that we're not running the rat race right now. Right. We don't have to go back to business as usual. Right. You know, we we get to from from this point create that new usual for us, and it doesn't have to be the way that we were doing things before. Where we can be kinder to each other, to the planet. We can run our businesses differently. Mm-hmm. We can do better business. We can be better stewards of the industry, to take your phrase, Benjamin. And uh, I think that if we, again, it's a it's a horror show out there. When things start to open up again, people can continue to, to, to make sourdough bread. That's right. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to stop doing it. I mean, reprioritizing. And realizing that a lot of the things that we were working on and a lot of things that we were doing just aren't that important. I know it's made us change a lot of what we're going to emphasize when we come out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were spending a lot of time on making the money and doing the things that made the money and not enough on creativity. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had a chance to become a lot more creative. And because of that, actually, some of the things that, that are popping up in the, the studio now are, are really quite amazing and fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the sort of stuff that people are going to enjoy doing. I think we've been able to reconnect to the passion of making and create, being creative yeah. and designing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's it's, there's already, like Clover yeah. already sees what we're doing and, and has given us a bunch of new opportunities to create new projects for their blog and for their, their social media. Mm-hmm. And so... You're going to see a lot of new things coming out of the studio, and that's what are they doing now? Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what what I, what what I want people to say about us. Yeah. So what, what are they doing? 
there's something new to create, and there's a new way of doing business, a new way of thinking. And I just I hope that we can all connect, reconnect to that right now. I want that on my 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 headstone. What are they doing now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird. What are they doing now? Well, I often think to myself, what are they doing now? But it doesn't. It's not very optimistic. You know, it's you know that's that what I think. You know, but that's you know, that. Thanks, mom. We always hear Elaine's voice. We always hear Elaine's voice when we when we when we hear that. What are they doing now? We always hear Elaine's voice. <laughs> so that's Edward's curiosity. Okay, last last question. Um, do you, do either of you or both of you have anyone that you want to make a shout out to while we're on the air? Do we know any people? You're like the only person we actually know. <laughs> <laughs> so sad for both of us, really, uh, for all three of us. Um, you know, we're still working really closely with a lot of our clients. The people at Clover, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Bernina. Daylight Company, RFL. Yeah, um, they're all great. Man, yeah, they've yeah. all just been absolutely fantastic. Anybody else that I'm missing for that sort of thing? Reliable. Reliable Corporation mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and Horn of America. I mean, our they're... clients, as far as that go, are amazing. And I, I would say um, Artists in Space. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Um, of course yeah, uh, Joanne yeah. Bronson, the, the owner of Artists mm-hmm. in Space. We have been in constant contact with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and and she this, she's morphing her business, and she really is grasp, grasping onto this that this is the opportunity to do something different and do it a different way than we've done business before. And our our mentees too. The folks, yeah. the, the folks that we mentor, uh, you, you know, you've got uh, I think the, the people that are doing a lot right now. It's Quaylen Stark, mm-hmm. um, um, Neil, Neil, Knitted Neil, Knitted Neil, <laughs> and uh, Arika Presnell. I mean, mm-hmm. those those folks that we mentor and that we work with are really doing a lot right now. And they're, you know, they're, they're also taking this, this time to really look at being creative again. Strength folks. Yeah. Strength. Have strength. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Stick with it. Cause it's going to, and, and to you, Benjamin, I mean, we've said this to you several times. We'll give you a shout out here Mm -hmm. is that the shows are going to reopen and this is Mm -hmm. tough for you. This is tough on you. And we know it personally as a friend, we know this is not easy for you. And we've heard, Folks listening don't know this, but the pain that Benjamin goes through thinking that he's let everybody down because he's not putting these shows on and creating that community live right now, it's not about making the money. It's about creating that community and that nexus that he calls it and being a good steward of the industry. He feels like his power has been completely taken away. Mm-hmm. And the shows are going to reopen. Mm-hmm. I Thanks. really honestly feel like I really honestly feel like that first show is, is going to be brilliant carnival. Marty yeah. Gras, Hyde, <laughs> all of it wrapped up together. St. Patrick's Day. All of it wrapped up yeah, together yeah. and everybody's birthday. All right. at once. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a party. Right. And people are going to come because they need that community and we need to be together and we need to see each other and feed off that energy and feed ourselves and, and draw strength from that. And uh, so shout out to uh, you, Benjamin. Be strong. Thanks. I, I really do appreciate that. I, I really do. Well, Shannon, Jason, it's it's been a wonderful time with you on on the show. I I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that was you know, an hour. And, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a quick hour. <laughs> an hour and fifty two minutes, actually. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Shocking. 
you still there? Hello. Oh no, did it cut us off? Just seven minutes remaining. Hello. Catch Benjamin real quick. Mm-hmm. You just went away there for a minute. Oh, okay, there. Okay. Good grief. Back again. Okay. I'm not sure where, what happened there. We were talking, and then just, you know, everybody went well, all quiet. This is the thing that Blog Talk Radio did just infuriates me about it. Both 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 of our stations just went offline there. I think it might have been mine and yours, but this time. Anyway, so I'll cut that little this little bit out and splice it. I wasn't we neither one of us were gone that long. What I was gonna say was um uh, you know, again, thank you for being here. Uh I'm I'm glad you uh were on the show and I'm glad we had this chance to talk. Um, you know, obviously we'll be talking again probably three or four more times this week because that's just kind of what we do. (laughs) As one does. So I just wanted to say thank you to both of you and uh, wish you a great day. Likewise. 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 And uh, to uh, to everyone out there listening, thank you too. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was Shannon and Jason Mullet-Bowlesby, a.k.a. the Sheba Guys, two of the best people I know. During the show, we talked about a lot of things, including some websites and resources, and we're going to put that information and those links online in the show notes on FiberHooligan.com within the next day or two. Okay, next Monday, which is uh, the 11th uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time, my guest will be Gay Gillespie, a.k.a. Gigi Made It, or Gigi, as a lot of people call her. Gigi is a 50-something-year-old who fell in love with knitting late in life in just the last nine or ten years. Uh, Gay's pronouns are she and her. Gigi is a self-taught knitter via YouTube, um, some wonderfully, uh, via YouTube and some wonderfully friendly yarn stores. And she is obsessed with all things orange. Uh, Gigi discovered knitting during a very challenging time in her life. She says that knitting is her ride or die, her BFF, her kind of therapy. Knitting has also become a beautiful bridge into a world of wonderful people and a way to to universally connect with others through knitting. If you've ever met her before, you know that Gay's enthusiasm is irrepressible. I'm so pleased that she will be available to come on the show next week. Please put this on your calendars. It should be a great show. I also want to make sure that you know that I'm eager to hear from you. You can email me questions, recommendations, critiques, and feedback at fiberhooligan.com. And that includes suggestions for guests or cool things that you'd like me to highlight in the show. I don't promise to respond to every email or message, but I do promise to do my best to read them all. And if you ask a really great question or have an inspired idea, I may even read your email on the podcast. I'd like to say thank you to my guests, Shannon and Jason, for being on the show today and sharing their story and thoughts with us and for just creating a a really fun time for me. I'd like to thank the XRX and Stitches crew for encouraging me to start this podcast up again. I'd like to thank my partner and family, Elaine Rowley, for her support. I'd like to thank Libby Butler-Gluck for all of her encouragement and help in getting this podcast restarted. I'd like to thank my dear wife, Krista, for always believing in me. And today, I'd like to send an extra shout-out to my friend Barry Klein from Trendsetter Group, um, and he knows why. Uh, 
And of course, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. That's our show, Farber Hooligans. And as we slide out of here today, I'd like to wish you all of a glorious week. Remember, the only thing better than being creative is being kind to each other. The good news, we can do both. Thank you for spending this time with us. We'll see you next week for another edition of Fiber Hooligans.